0: You're listening to the iFanboy Pig of the Week podcast, episode 344, brought to you by Seagate GoFlex Satellite. Graphically and iFanboy listeners like you. Fanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast episode 344. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. We're back. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. but We're back. I don't think you planned to say bah. Bah. And Ron, Ron, Ron Richards. There it is. We're barely back. I'm hurting. Yeah. I'm so tired. Yep. There you, there you go. There you had it. There it is. We'll, we'll see you next we, week. Are, are we done? Yep. <laughs> IFamboy.com <I'm laughs> is our website. It's about comic books because we like them ostensibly. And we read them, ostensibly, and that's none of that's true. We do like comics, and we actually read them usually. And uh, one of us picks the one that they call the, the the pick of the week. That's the best one that they read that week. They read about it on the website. We come and we talk about it on the show other books from the week, other stuff. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you, you left in the uh, script bomb that I left for you. Uh. <laughs> I have giant balls. <laughs> before we get to the show, quicker. I got myself. <laughs> That's <laughs> truly boomerang. There you wow, go. Wow, totally that, that that was a bad idea. Uh, before we get to the show, we're going to be talking about the stuff that happens in the books. Uh, because none of them are Walking Dead, so it's totally cool. Ah, uh, this is a review show, so uh, go into there knowing that, and you'll be cool. If you don't want to hear what happens in them, uh, then, then read them first. That's, that's all I got for you. Come on, it's common sense. generally how it works. Yeah, Connor. I mean, it's not a hard concept. You, you make with a pick? I do, and I have
1: uh, still con plague, so I apologize in advance if I break out in a coughing fit. Just move on to the next book if that happens. Um, the pick this week was Batman Beyond Unlimited number 6 from DC Comics and there's a couple of interesting things about this book number one is that uh, most DC books and I guess Marvel too now are $2.99 for 20 pages of story um, this is a dollar more for twice as much story so in terms of getting value for your money uh, story wise it's really hard to beat Batman Beyond Unlimited
2: So now this, this is one of the digital first releases right?
1: Yes, it comes yeah. out digitally. I think it's weekly.
2: Yeah, it's weekly for 99 cents for I think like 8 or 10 pages.
1: Which is half of a comics page. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's constructed that way. and uh, So it comes out weekly, and then every, at the end of the month they collect into this paper version that goes to the stores, and it's three different stories, one featuring Superman, one featuring Batman, one featuring the Justice League, and they're all taking place in the Batman Beyond future in the, Justice, in the Bruce Timm DC animated universe. So it's not a New 52 book. It doesn't take place in the comic book continuity, it's taking place in the cartoon continuity. So if you watch those shows at all, this is this is sort of a continuation of those characters.
2: And that's an important distinction.
1: It is. Yeah. Um, so I, I loved the cartoons except for Batman Beyond, which I never watched. So uh, I remember picking up the miniseries they put out last year because Adam Beechin was writing it. and I was, I'm a big fan of Adam Beechin's Batman work and really enjoying it. So I bought this... I've been buying this series and really, really enjoying it. There's a really... Interesting bunch of creators on this book. Howard Porter from Justice League of America, uh, Morrison's book, he draws the Superman story. Br- Bray Fogle draws the Batman Beyond story. Dustin uh, Gwyn writes and draws the Justice League story. So there's some, they have high quality people on these books, um, which you necessarily would think from, you know, oftentimes digital first books get sort of shunted off and they want to have the people who are good doing the print books. But they actually have a high quality team on this book. There's, although I can't imagine how expensive it is, there's like six. There's, no, there's like nine people, primary creators on this book. But uh, it, it, this was a it just, it, there's three different stories. You're following three different storylines. They're not connected, the stories. Um, the Superman story features Lex Luthor's daughter in, uh, enacting a plan to kill Superman, taking up the mantle of, of her, her father, who was a hologram. Uh, then the Justice League story features the Justice League of the future on Apocalypse, trying to save them from a, from a giant snake creature that was conjured up on Earth. Uh, and Orion is the new Darkseid, and Darkseid is blind, and, and he sort of has no power, but he's still an asshole, and Superman and him still hate each other because of what happened in the cartoon. But primarily, uh, Batman, who is uh, Terry McGinnis, is there, and he gets flirted with by Orion's wife, because she's kind of a hussy, but also because she had apparently had a thing with Bruce, she thinks he's Bruce, and that leads to all kinds of awkward humor. And, uh, and then the, the Batman story features 10,000 Jokers, which is the, the primary gang in that universe. They're, pe- they're people who worship the Joker, and they've, 10,000 of them have invaded Gotham City, so he's dealing with that. It's just, it's just lots of fun, um, solid comic book work. It's great to see Bray Fogle. He's just as good as he ever was, if not better. He's, he's, a, he's one of those classic guys from the 90s. I'm glad to see you back. Howard Porter's style has changed just a little bit since he did JLA. It's not quite as rough. But well, that, that's very, probably
2: related to his injury, right? He hurt his hand. Was, yeah, that is true. It is, yeah. He did
1: hurt his hand. But it's still Howard Porter. It's not yeah. bad. It's just his, his, you know, his characters are a bit more bulky than they used to be. Remember there they, they were sort of lanky? Yeah, yeah. JLA books, and he had kind of a rough style. This is just any, any artist's style evolves over time, and that was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, freshman year of college, my God. It
2: was 15 years ago, Jesus. Yeah, um, so, so this is basically just like a great anthology almost, right? It is, it's kind of an anthology, and yeah. if you are that, I mean, there's
1: a lot of people who watch those shows. If you, if you were a fan of those shows then, and you like those characters, this is a great place to jump in. And they, they, the stories do continue. The Batman, the weird thing is the Batman story is chapter one, so you could see if we could start there, but the other stories are not chapter one, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of hard. They should have really coordinated that a little better, but... Uh, uh, really, if you know these characters at all, then you can you can jump on here and sort of suss out what's going on and and enjoy for enjoy for what it is, which is uh, a great thirty pages of story for for three ninety nine and featuring characters from a you know much beloved cartoon series.
2: I mean, I, I like that approach of just like, hey, we've got this great little kind of mini universe, we've got these characters, let's just tell fun stories and put them in a shorter format. And I mean, three ninety nine stings a little, but for thir- but, you know thirty pages, that's a lot of story there. Super comic
1: book worth a story for a yeah. dollar more. Yeah. And the thing is, they're, they're smart about the digital releases in that they, they do they do these and they do Smallville, which are books that would conceivably appeal to a larger audience who would yep. more conceivably be able to would be going to digital to find their books. Uh, so they're smart in that sense, and they they collect both and print them out. For else who wants to read in the paper form? But uh, yeah, really fun, and they're just just great character work, fun. You know, these the, all, everybody working on these books are pros. They've been around forever. They're not you know, so they know what they're doing it's it's all. It's good stuff.
2: Yeah. So Man, how gr- how great would it be to get Darwin to go back and do a story? <laughs> it would be great. He worked uh, in Battle Beyond and uh Yeah, and, he is he did the he did the opening credit sequence back in the late nineties, which is unheard of. Yeah. Uh, um for for how it looks, you know. Yeah, so
1: it, it you know, it'd be awesome, but it won't happen. But anyway, if you join enjoyed- all. <laughs> You know, it's 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 old, sort of grumpy old Superman with, with the gray hair temples, and it's young Batman being mentored by a grumpy, even grumpier old Bruce Wayne. Uh, is, it, is it grumpy old heroes? Kind of, it kind of is because at the end of the Superman. Story, I would read that. Bruce, <laughs> Wayne, Bruce Wayne shows up in a kind of Dark Knight Returns esque set of armor. With a help, walker. Called <laughs> Superman! It's kind of grumpy old. Heroes. They always bicker with each other. I, I what? Sure.
0: Oh, yeah. not so superhero now, is it? What? <laughs>
1: Steal RN shows up, which was weird. Hmm. And uh Burgess Meredith. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, that could have just been the penguin. Either way. Uh so that was <laughs> my just pick of glasses, so it's weird. Beyond on the... He can't read anything. Yeah.
0: Which is the tragedy of it. Tragedy <laughs> but of he it. loves it. He <laughs> loves books but can't read them. Which so those th- and those two things are connected in some way. Commodore Schmidlap. <laughs> I did to watch oh. it. i got that on DVD. <laughs> uh, so then, the other
1: big book this week, which everyone was predicting would be the pick, was Saga number five. Now, and
2: now, here's the thing about Saga: is that like I, I loved it, loved every. This was the first issue where I'm like, all right, this is just an issue, which is Same. fine. Yeah, it's it's already entered that zone now
1: yeah. where it's be amazing, which sucks, but that's where we're at. We had three of the first four issues be pick of the week, and. Again, this was a great issue. I really enjoyed it, but again, now it's going to knock my socks off, which is you know kind of putting it in a bad spot. Right? Bad
2: although, spot. although I wonder if Fiona Staples is as we, let's 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 get some analysis going. I wonder if the first page splash is going to be Fiona Staples' thing because now this is I got to go back and look at issues one, two, and three. But last issue we had the last issue we had the creepy whores on legs. This issue we got the TV guy in the can. Right. Well,
1: that's, like, that's
0: probably that's
2: probably in the script. Yeah. 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 No. So yeah. But I wonder if that's if that's a plan thing or if this is just a coincidence. You know, I
0: mean, I wonder that's, if that's the, a, that's a Vaughn thing. He's done that yeah. all along because, yeah. like, usually the last page of a given issue is, uh, and then the first page is like, oh, yeah. He's he's that's he's dude's got a formula. Don't you know? No. Yeah. I'm like, not questioning that, but formula. but but I think in this particular one, it's always been like a
2: shocking, not a shocking image, but like an image that sets the tone almost for the issue. Well, let's um, let's let's
0: talk about these robot people. I love them. I don't understand. I know, and I, that's what I like about it. Yes, it's awesome. Yeah. He's like he's going to be like, no, no, he's Prince Robot. There's no, no he's, there's he's, no equivocation about that. He's yeah. Prince Robot the fourth, isn't he? But like he, he, he he poops. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he and he gets he gets Lady Robots pregnant.
2: Right.
1: Well, we were never them having sex. So. Well, yeah, but not very. good. Really, there's bodily functions involved. In I this mean, that, but
2: that's what's interesting because wasn't he having uh, performance problems because of his time on the on, in the on uh, uh, on it's the still, battlefield? So he to reboot his OS. How yeah. does he eat? No. How does he eat?
1: Uh, and then and, and then poop. Create create waste.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Good question.
1: Or is he actually is, is, is are, are, he gonna an, are they going to answer all? He doesn't have his pants. I don't know. Um, you might just be using it as a chair. It's a, it's a privacy.
2: That's what I thought for a moment. I'm like, is he
0: but then you see his pants are, are bundled up on his knees. So he's. Oh, they yeah. are. Yeah. yeah, yeah Perhaps he's, he's confused because people call it the throne, and he is a prince. <laughs> he's not. He's not intelligent.
2: Yeah. Um. There was some snarky dialogue in there that I thought was great. Which is, <laughs> what, what was it in that conversation that cracks me up? Um. This is the happiest I've ever been in a bloody latrine on a on bloody cleave. Like. <laughs> I just thought that was.
0: was. I, I I get the sense, and I don't know if he planned it or not, but like that's a character that I think he likes to write. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it just it just seems like, uh, you know that that's a character that a writer would have a lot of fun with, and I think as we keep going, I'm guessing we're going to see more of that. Yeah as he's trying to figure out how they actually procreate too.
2: I hope so. My one question was although maybe I just answered it, but so the so we go we go back to the couple and there's a pretty cool fight with this with a sword that's not core, like it's actually it's probably an enchanted sword now that I realize it. It's I was like I was like is it kind of like lightsabery but it's actually a sword and then I remembered my World of Warcraft time and so.
1: You probably had to grind like a bitch to get Yeah, the exactly. Channel.
2: So is the <laughs> So the little the little spirit thing only comes out at night, right?
1: Yes, it's, right. moon. it's tied to the moon. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. So I wonder what now that they're on a ship, what happens when they leave that planet? Right. Mm, the, yeah. that's a
1: good so, question. Yeah. Perpetually night in space. I guess. Yeah.
2: Who knows? Um, but yeah, it was just it was a good. It was, it was great. I mean, the level of quality on this book is so high, but it wasn't like I, if if I, I'm not, I might have made this my pick, but I'm not sure this I would have made this pick of the week. Um, only because it was just like, yep, story's continuing.
0: You know. Uh five issues in. You know what I noticed about this book is as I was looking just as a sort of construction standpoint, he he's really he's taken the um the same approach as he did with X X Machina, like the the there's not many panels on a given page. It's very spaced out. Yeah. It isn't which is interesting though because I don't get to the end of it feeling like, "Oh, that was it." Yeah. It doesn't feel like a 3-minute read, but it's pretty it's pretty airy. Yeah. Like he's he's using the pages in that way to make it feel conversational, which can yep. which can make it feel a little short.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's it's just great it's just i mean like it, it's like i couldn't wait to read it when i got it, it was the first thing i read and and the the letters column is continuing to be enter- as entertaining as it can be even you know even now that's got other people's writing in and and brian's kind of responses but um um but yeah it's just it's just so i like what's happening here so cool um saga's so good i just wish it could come out every week Um, All right. That said, though, um, I I know every couple of months I I bring up X Factor and talk about how Peter David quietly is doing interesting things. Um, But X Factor 240 which uh, Peter David and Neil Edwards on art. Um, art wasn't so anything to write home about, but what was interesting was this issue focused all around Layla Miller, who has been, I th- since ever since you know she was introduced um, at the very, very beginning of Peter David's run on X-Factor, she's been a bit of enigma and a bit of um, interesting, and Peter David did a really fun approach to the character piece where basically she is running to stop a woman from killing herself in the city and as she's running through the city, she reaches these different junctures, and we basically see, because Layla, Layla Miller knows, she knows stuff, she knows what can happen. And we see the two different paths, the divergent paths that could happen, where she run by runs by a mugging, and she can either stop the muggers and help the woman, and you see what happens there or she runs by and doesn't help and you see what happens there and in that case, the same thing happens. Like the same It's like result. choose your own adventures. Yeah, almost like that exactly and, there's, and and they did a great approach with it where the panels go vertically uh, so sometimes there are two columns, sometimes there are three columns of the different paths and then they colored uh, the paths with like a blue hue or a green hue or a red hue to see what was happening in the different um, approaches and I kind of almost, I, it was so good that I was kind of bummed that it wasn't the entire issue because it was like there'd be stuff that happened and then there'd be a, a, a path change or a path you know kind of a, a fork in the road and then more stuff would happen and then there'd be another fork in the road and then more stuff would happen there'd be another fork in the road and I was like I was reading this I'm like this is this is some great conceptual writing and if Peter David did an entire series with just Layla in this manner I think it would be a blast to, to read um but uh, this list. drive driving crazy, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But this, but this issue was very. And it, the issue was called Run Layla Run. So it like, kind of brought up memories of Run Lola Run, which is, um, if anybody remember that, that old German independent movie, that, that basically was that same concept where um, a girl was running to try to save her boyfriend. And you saw basically the three different things that could happen.
0: Um, are are yeah. movies from the early 2000s considered old now? Well, this is late 90s. Yeah, it's no. 15, 12 years. No. Yeah, that came out in 99. You are shitting me, really? No, yeah, yeah, pretty sure. In even even so, you say old German movie? I'm thinking yeah. of Metropolis.
2: Oh no, no, no. Well, I mean, just it, but ten years. I think a decade is enough to say old.
0: Mm. That makes anyway,
2: did did they, they oh. renumber X Factor? Uh, they brought it back to its original numbering.
1: Okay, because I was just yeah, looking at the like, I, I dropped
2: off a while ago. I know. I was yeah. thinking. I remember getting number one
1: talking about in the show. We haven't been doing the show for. Yeah,
2: no. They ju- they jumped up to the to the original series. Okay. Locally, I believe as that's to That
1: would be twenty years. Yeah, we haven't been. To God, <laughs> can you imagine?
0: <laughs> that's um, what it'll feel like one day.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's all, it's a minor miracle almost that he gets a, he's getting left alone to work on this book, and I, I don't yeah. mean left alone in the fact that he has to deal with crossovers. He does, but. He's still doing the book. He so he's, he's still in his own little kind of world in in that X Factor world, which it, it is must not.
0: hit that perfect sales spot where it's profitable. It's, an, it's enough to make the money, but not so much that they need to, the, to mess with it. And like you know, they, it's not like they get high end artists on it, so right. they're probably not spending that much there. It's like it's like a perfect storm, sort of. It's never they're never you know. It's never going to go above where it is, but he just gets to keep doing his thing.
2: Yeah, and I and I think probably there's there's got to be a certain, um, uh, qua, you know, not quantitative factor to it as well, where you know after so many years of being the example of the writer who gets derailed by crossovers, that maybe he's like, you know, just let me do my thing um yeah because this is not avx this is nothing this is all on its own and it's going to end in a couple months we all know it's you know with the with marvel now who knows what the future of this book will be um but this issue on its own was just was a was a real treat it was a lot of fun actually i think this is my pick of the week so there all you, right. go. Yeah. you go yeah you say that it. about every book you talk about this week no just especially so, if you didn't like it it's, it's a very you know, you know oh, no, he's, what? Not,
1: he's, he's not he's not going to say it about avengers x-men number
2: eight. wow am i not going to say it about avengers x-men number eight like did they just do this last week
1: it, it, this this was this was two bad ones in a row. This is the this it's,
2: is the worst issue of the whole thing. I mean, this was. I mean, well, first off, so it was, um, Kubrick, uh, Andy Kubert, Adam Kubert on art. And is it Adam or Andy? It was Adam. It says on the I, I, the life of me, uh, I
0: cannot get that right yeah. ever.
1: I like Andy better. Yeah. No, I like Adam better. See, I
0: don't. I don't know. Fuck. What are, no, no, what Adam, these, Adam.
2: Adam. is the one who's the Marvel work, and Adam's, Andy's the DC guy. Okay. Well, Connor, you have Bill? you have the book in front of you. Yes. Um, turn to the page, the middle of the book where the staples are, and it's a fight between Namor and Red Hulk. Yeah. On the right side of the page, the upper right-hand corner, what is up with that?
1: It it seemed like he drew this book in like a week. Yeah. This is not the level of quality we expect from Adam Kubert. It was really good. And
2: it wasn't even like, oh, well, there's 90 different inkers. There's one inker. Yeah. You know, like it, it was just solid. I mean, you know, it was a solid team that should be able to do this. And I was reading it, and I was just like, this is some rough art. This is the keyword that did the
1: Wolverine and the X-Men, Wolverine and uh, Spider-Man mini. Um,
2: past yes it is yeah yeah I think that, is. Art that art was fantastic this is this was this
1: beautiful. literally seemed like he had the, like uh, we have to get this book out you need to do this yeah. in, you know by Friday and he did it
2: so s- story wise the con- the contriveness continues where you know now it's Highlander in that um, so Namor freaks out and attacks Wakanda um, which I, I still don't understand why and I'm reading everything. Um, and basically the Avengers And
0: I'm reading everything and I
2: don't know what's happening. The Avengers basically throw everything they've got at him, including the Scarlet Witch, and they and they they beat him. And so the Phoenix Force leaves Namor and then Cyclops, Emma, Colossus, and Magic get more powerful. So yeah. each one gets defeated, they get a little more powerful.
0: Who uh, wrote this one?
2: Bendis. Bendis. Yep. And then um and then it basically ends with Xavier getting into the mix, uh, threatening Scott. Um and and also the Avengers have, have uh now uh what's the word I'm looking for? Retreated to Cunlan and they're trying to figure out what to do with hope. So <laughs> They should
1: they should stay there. They should just stay there, my god. This, 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 I didn't. I didn't. You know. I don't want it to be bad. I was enjoying it up until the last issue. Yeah. But it's two in a row now. It's really yeah. worrying. You
2: know. I was really thinking. I was. I was really thinking about it. And I <laughs> <laughs> say I don't even mean to now. That's what happens. And and um. You know. And I really. I wonder. You know. I understand putting Marvel now aside and all these sort of things. What if Phoenix came and the Phoenix Five were established and like that was just it for a year or two? You know what I mean? Like, what if this was, like, a slow... Why does it have to... Like, I feel like this is on fast forward. Like, why does it it's have like to...
0: Flashpoint. Yeah, yeah. Where, where we were like, all right, we can get with this Flashpoint. And in the end, it was just... Yeah, we'll pull yeah, it back.
2: Anyway, yeah. next. But
0: Ron, I'm,
1: please refer to them by their full name as the Phoenix Force 5.
2: Phoenix Force 5. Catch up.
1: Yeah. But,
2: but um, I don't know. I just, I, <laughs> like,
0: I just... I've, what, the one with all the shit in her face?
2: <laughs> now, I keep
1: forgetting that Watchmen was, like, an adult book. Yeah. And that these minis are also adult books, so... So we're, you were, were
0: talking about the titties, isn't you? No, oh, uh, when, the when they started... When, before
1: watching Silk Spectre number two, which is one of the minis I'm going to continue with because it's Darwin Cook and Amanda Connor, who are two which of my favorite people in working and, comics. And they're, they're um,
2: kicking ass.
1: When they started sparking up, uh, you know... Crack? Doobs? Doobies.
2: That's what people call so that's them, That's
1: what the right? kids say, it, right? Grass? Doobs? yeah. Yeah, uh... I was like, that's, that's, you don't see that very often. And then the sex happened, and then I was like, oh, that's right. It's Watchmen.
2: Well, and also in the cursing. I was more shocked at the cursing. Yeah, was I
0: think- said, fuck. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa, hey. Let's, by the way, this has been the oldest we've ever sounded.
2: <laughs> well, we, we
0: can, do you want to talk about well, what? T- what nerve? got me was the, the boobs. Oh, I was upset <laughs> by did, the language. Did you hear
2: that language? <laughs> who who talks you, you like did, that? You didn't Dark hear anything. We were
1: upset about it. We just said we were surprised because we forgot that this is what you're in for, for Watchmen. I was,
0: I was really upset.
1: I know. Um, I love this. This was this is again kind of like the first issue, not not your normal superhero story, if at all. This is a this is a wacky '60s tale of kind of
0: like um, Josie
1: and the Pussycats.
0: Yeah, I, it's it's really it was really interesting because it, this one actually do, doesn't feel like Watchmen at all, and I I think that that's a benefit. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it just it's not trying to imitate the tone of Watchmen, and it's just sort of a, a, a wackier story and. I mean, we we said it before, but Jesus, Amanda Connor. Man, yeah. I mean,
2: all I gotta say is I live in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I have not been to any topless dance parties yet.
0: <laughs> well, oh. the, in the '60s, and that's I'm wondering the if
2: I'm go if I'm not hanging out in the right places because I'm pretty sure they still exist.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah but the people do not look like like Amanda Connor drawings. No, yeah, I know. Oh, real, real, yeah, no. And no, it came yeah. in by the Beatles. Yeah, or a pseudo or the Watchmen Beatles. Yeah, the Watchmen Beatles and also and, and, and Jim and, Morrison, by the way, that they weren't writing them with the right accent, but that's fine.
2: Yeah, uh, and and that, the and, other dude, the other dude was totally at the Doors, right? Yeah, this Jim
0: Morrison. Yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, um, yeah. This is great. I mean, it's 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 it, this this is really really something special.
1: It's uh, the way to do it. It's the way to, to not be too
0: involved in the story of Watchmen. Yep. So yeah, and 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 you know, her past is largely undefined.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, it's it's right in that sweet spot of of this is the really the only way that you could do this with any sort of um, uh, I think safe you know safety you know unlike unlike Night Owl or some of the other books that are going directly
0: right into the act the events of Watchmen I think this is perfect because this is her like you know mad summer away yep you know, my what I did on my summer vacation well, who hasn't had
1: one of those we've gone to San Francisco got involved with some sort of weird cult and. Yeah. Uh, you know, smoked a lot of grass and went to the top of the dance parties. So the, those jazz cigarettes. Yeah,
0: the jazz cigarettes. Uh. <laughs> he did marijuana and he smoked it like a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to smoke it like a cigarette. Uh, next up is uh, activity number seven. And uh, not that activity. It's a different activity. Um, it, uh, the the my problem with this book all along has been um, characters. It's, it's very good looking. It's very well plotted. It's very energetic and it has great action and great authenticity. But the character work is is, is the weak point. I don't know who any of these people are. It's kind of too many of them. They have they have uh, code names that they use sort of infrequently, so I I don't know who they are. And but, I thought that this one made a little bit of step in that direction. Well, well, that, where,
2: but, but then they put the back page with all the names and everybody. Asked, I still don't, I still don't know who. There's so many people.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't, I, I never read that either because I know I'm not going to remember it. So, yeah. you know, it has to be in the story. The thing has to happen to make me know them. I know that the the head dude, the black guy who was the head of uh, the the you know all of his soldiers got killed in Afghanistan, and then he got in trouble, and then he put they put him in charge of this. I know who he is because of that other story, which was another good sort of character bit. But this one I thought was was really cool. With the, I really like the element of the girl who had like the life outside. Then her superior officer said, you've you got to break up with a guy. I can't tell you why. Yeah. And she just goes, okay. And then, and then literally in the scenes where she breaks up with him, he, her face was drawn to be completely blank and dead. Yep. Uh, and and I, I felt that. I thought that was really nice acting uh, you know, on, on the part of, on the part of, uh, of Mitch's pencils. And uh, I, I thought that was really well done. I, I, I would go so far as to say I think that this was my pick of the week.
2: Wow, I think um, I think on the on the character standpoint, I think that putting the cast page in the inside is probably better than at the back. Yes, and then you should put it on every opposite page. And then and then no, and then honestly, I mean honestly, with this kind of book, if they, if, if I, I the, the only reason why they're giving us a large cast page is there's some bigger story. That's that's what I got to assume. There's some bigger story. So if that's the case, then I really don't think there's any problem with putting a caption box with who they are. Yeah. You know, what I mean like I just the first time you see them. Okay, good. I connected. I know who it is. Okay, good. Um, cuz I am reading I'm reading this whole series and I don't play Modern Warfare. I don't like the guns. I'm not I'm not one of those people. Um, but um I'm reading these like basically as one shots and I'm not picking up a connective tissue.
0: Yeah, that's I mean that's yeah. how I've been reading it too, I think. Yeah. So. And so if I take it on that on that sort of level, and I I know I'm almost fine with that. Yeah. You know, I don't need it to be more than that, but but if there is, yeah. Uh, it should all. It'll, I assume it'll all come together when it needs to. I will give them credit on
2: one thing: is that I I love this cover. I think I think I I spent a good like a good two hours just looking at this cover. No, um when I started the book, I like something caught my eye: just the fact that it was the ship with the boat with the guys coming down on it, and then the bottom of the boat goes into the gun, the silhouette of the gun, like that. This is this was a good cover, so
0: in my opinion, it's good. Good issue of, of, a, of a pretty good series. Yeah. This is the takeaway. Excellent.
2: So um, we want to thank Seagate for sponsoring this episode as well as sponsoring all of our San Diego Comic-Con coverage. If you've been over on iFanboy.com uh, during San Diego, you probably read all of our great posts, and then you also um, – hopefully you've been watching the video interviews that are coming out. Those have all been sponsored by Seagate, and uh, Seagate wants to make sure you know about the Seagate GoFlex Satellite. Which is the only wireless portable hard drive that streams content to your iPad and up to eight other devices. So basically, you fill up your this hard drive with all your music and movies and TV shows, throw it in the throw it in your bag, turn the Wi-Fi on, and then you can stream it using their free app um, to your iPad or to your Android tablet or any other device that uses it. Um, it's really easy to use. I've I've got one. I've used it. It's pretty awesome. Um, and what's even better is that Seagate. We worked this deal out for, with you with with Seagate for you, the listener. Uh, iFanboy listeners can get 10% off the GoFlex. Satellite hard drive. Um, you can get 500 gigabytes, Wi-Fi access, rechargeable battery, the whole shebang for 10% off. Just go to Seagate.com/Ifanboy and there you can sign up and you can uh, purchase the GoFlex Satellite uh, for 10% off. And it is the choice for creative professionals. Seagate, thank you very much. I just
1: it's got cool. mine yesterday and I, I downloaded the app today. Yeah, it's, it's cool.
2: It's, it's cool. Yeah. Um, all right, Justice League number eleven. Um, what an issue makes this. This is Jim Liard. Yeah, it was much better. It was, it was just much two, two better. Acres, I think it was. Yeah, it was Scott Williams with, a, and Scott Williams had assists. so it wasn't. I don't yeah. think it, it was like because it was <clears throat> Scott because the way it was listed in the credits was Scott Williams with, not yeah. and. You know, so. Oh,
0: I thought you said he had assist. Yeah, assist. No. So that would be a different thing. Yeah, um,
2: um,
1: this th- th- it did suffer a bit from standing around Hawking syndrome in the Justice yes. League part, but. I thought the character stuff was really good, and I thought the ending that revealed they were too late was, was actually really handled really well. Yep. Um, so I really quite enjoyed this issue, yep. and the Shazam stuff was great. Was and really the Shazam good, continues
2: to be one, the, the, the thing I get excited about. Yeah. The Shazam story is great. I don't know if it's Gary Frank or what, but yeah. So, um, Wolverine number 309 coming out two weeks after 310. I don't know what you want with that. Um, buy monthly um, Yeah, but in reverse, in the wrong direction. Oh. 3 oh, right. 10, 310 came out. That was the Loeb-Simone Bianchi issue. Um, but anyway, this, this is just a – I don't know if the, the, this is a – was an inventory story or what the deal? Some sort of filler. Ivan Brandon wrote it. That's not – the story isn't the point. Um, it's Raphael Albuquerque on art and Jason Latour Ooh. on art. So if you like art, just pick this up and flip through the book because between Albu- Albuquerque and Latour, these are some of the most unique original artists around, and the, every page was, like, was, was a blast to read. So. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah, so uh, it's worth checking out for the art alone. Um, but something that's not worth checking out for the art alone was Captain <laughs> Marvel number one. Ooh, wow! It was. It's almost like they don't want this book to succeed.
1: It does seem that way, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I don't know who Dexter Soy is, and I apologize to be critical, but this was this was a shit show. Um, <laughs> Uh, which is which is tough because as, as far as I can tell from the story, seems interesting and it was nice and she's got a new cat she's got a new haircut and new costume and you know and, and Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel has a bunch of you know, Carol Danvers has a strong following, but I don't I do not know how you can get behind this book with art like this.
0: Well, on the one, on the one hand, I understand why they wouldn't, you know, pony up all their you know, their their best, you know, money for for a big artist on it. I c I kinda get that because you're talking about a market who doesn't support female lead books all that often. But on the other hand, you're not even getting letting it get out of the gate. Right. And, and the thing is, keep in mind,
2: Carol Danvers, Ms. Marvel, the last series they did with her that ran through Civil War, that ran
0: like 60 issues. Yeah, it, it ran for a while. Yeah, so
2: like she has a following. Which I love
0: her. She's a great character. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I didn't want to read this. Yeah. So. I also I think,
1: think that the, the, as, the disconnect between the cover art and the interior art was so drastic too. Right. No. Well, we see that a lot, but I mean, this was like you—you know—you it was really different style, and yeah. it was, even if the style inside wasn't good, it's was not, not what you're expecting when you open the book up.
0: Yeah, no, it they, was... they used to—they used to break in artists in in series that don't exist anymore. I think, right? So now, like a, a new guy who comes along that maybe isn't all the way there yet, you know, they they put him on a, on a, as the artist on a, on a new series or something like that, and then that series doesn't go. Yeah.
2: I don't know whether this is a new a new series or an old series or an issue, a fill in or whatever. That I mean, this this art is it's. It, I mean, it's it's offensive. It's offensive. How so? I, My I visually
0: offensive. My eyes you hurt. Just don't like the style. I or just don't I like storytelling I don't, was bad.
2: Uh, everything. Everything. Uh, the, I didn't like the. I do not like the. I don't like the painted look. I thought the storytelling was. It was hard to tell what was going on, where to go. Um. It just. It did. It didn't have a lot going for it.
0: So. Fair enough. uh over in bprd land uh where they can do no wrong uh long title but bprd hell on earth devil's engine number three um it's it's been uh it's it's this this sort of a this other uh, bprd agent is off with this girl who is sort of the this group of rogue kids and 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 she shot abe sapien she was the one who did that so he went to find out what the deal is with her and on the way Everything, all hell breaks loose, and, and the train they're on gets attacked. She's sort of like Layla Miller, actually, uh, by these huge, you know, giant monster bug crab things. Uh, and this is basically just one giant action scene after another drawn really well. Uh, and that's uh, that's basically all I have to say about it, is, and it's been like each action scene sort of eclipses the one before it, and they're, they're tons of fun with lots of lots of suspense and, and lots of big monster action, and... uh God, it's just it's it's just it's it's been so good for such a long time, and it does certainly suffer from that nothing new to say about it. But that just how well it was done, uh, you know, how they got into this predicament and how they got out of it uh, needs to be lauded a little bit. So uh, I wanted to do that. Is it weird
1: that when Cliff Chang dr- draws One roman, it's much easier to follow?
0: No, I don't think it's weird at all. I think that's that's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I I think that that tells you how much Cliff Chang brings to the table um, with a guy like Brian Nazarello who is not always necessarily the clearest – his books don't have the clearest storytelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he benefits greatly from an artist who's very good at that. And if you're talking about Cliff Chang, you're talking about a guy who's not only a really good artist and designer, but he was an editor for a while. So he's going to also usually – he's probably going to have a really good grasp of storytelling – even beyond to a certain extent. I, I just, the, the, the the difference between this issue and the last issue was night and day. Yeah. Uh, last issue I was like, I, am not, I don't know what's going on. I'm not really all that interested in this. Uh, and this one we were right back to, I feel like it feels like, like action comics when it, when it went away for a while and then it got back to what it was actually doing in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, this, this, Oh, this is what I want. I'm totally down with this. I'm really enjoying this Greek gods thing. Um, so that it was just very it was very good. I was very happy to to see that it, it sort of righted itself. Nice rebound. Yeah. 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 Cool.
2: So those are the books that uh, we enjoyed or didn't enjoy uh, that we just felt were deemed worth talking about this week. Uh, go to ifanboy.com comics where you can see all the um, all the books that came out this week and you can do your pull list and you can rate and review your books and you can make your pick of the week. And we're going to highlight the top five picks of the week from the iFanboy community. And coming in at number five was the aforementioned Wonder Woman number 11 with 4.5% of the pick of the week, um, folks. Uh, number four was uh, Justice League number 11, with 5.7% of the pick of the week. So Jim Lee kind of rebounds there and gets some people liking what he's doing. It look good. Number three, a book we didn't talk about but uh, was creepy. Uh, Daredevil number 15, uh, Mark Wade and Chris Omni come in at 9.6% of the picks of the week. Um, and another solid showing by them.
0: Another good rebound there.
2: Yeah. Um, although it's still dark, I don't know, just uh, hmm. anyway. Number two is the activity number seven with 12.7 wow. 12% Shocking. of the picks of the week. Yeah,
0: that's impressive,
2: that's very impressive. Um, and coming in number one, saga number five, the juggernaut continues, although not as strong as previous weeks, uh, with 44.6% of the picks of the week. Only
0: uh, a plurality, not a majority. Yeah, there you go.
1: Two image books on the top
0: of the list. Yeah, look at that. There you go, um, and then we're gonna go on to some user reviews. Um, first one up is David Clark with Exo Man of War number three. He gave the story a five out of five, and the art a five out of five. Pick of the week percentage is four tenths of a percent, and he says this keeps getting better. The pace is breakneck without feeling rushed. This is a great book. The Nord pencils and Gaudiano's inks are fire on all twelve cylinders. Seriously, you should be reading Exo Man of War. Spoiler: In this issue alone, we see he's bullet pointed these. Eric lay waste to a ton of vine lackeys. Drop a bomb out of his good hand. Grow a new left hand to replace the one hacked off in issue one. Was it? Get blasted into space by the bot that captured him years ago after he smashes the crap out of it armor to armor. Unlock the teleporting power of the armor by uttering Rome after dreaming of his wife. You get the idea, I hope. I don't. an exciting book one of the was, few that keeps me wanting more ron what was what did any of that mean <laughs> honestly i didn't read it um I'm, i've felt
2: i've fallen behind on this but i'm planning on it because um a couple of friends of mine who were reading this were raving about this issue and said that you know like my problem i read the first issue and i kind of slowed up on it because i thought they were doing the slow burn thing but they said it all paid off in this issue and that and that apparently that, that now the momentum is really building on X man war so i'm going to catch up on it but um uh but yeah they, this wasn't the this wasn't the only person i heard raving about this issue so
0: did, did did I mean? Did you guys read this stuff? Because I, I wasn't no. around when this was coming out. I um, did hear. I mean, uh, the first time. Yeah, I was on it.
2: Yeah, I was. It was on the periphery, only purely c- c- from the image crossover. Like once image crossed over with them, then I started getting into it. and Then that was right when it imploded. So, um, uh, but I, I have a I have a basic knowledge of all the all the characters. I am reading Harbinger, which I'm enjoying, which I'll talk about in the next
0: issue that's coming I, on. Yeah, I, Harbinger. It's interesting good. because I read one of them. I don't even remember which one. But because they're rehashes of these old things, like I, I just I can't drum up interest for it.
2: Yeah, but what's interesting is that they're just they're they're not they're they're just doing they they're taking the concept they're just doing it. I, yeah, I, yeah. I get that, yeah. and
0: I know that it's a new thing for new people, but like yeah. because it it does, it just doesn't interest me. Right. Like I don't know what it, I don't look at the title. I don't look at the outside of it and think, oh, this is a thing I want to check out. Yeah. You know the, the creative teams are fine. You know, but they're not. They're not. They're not blowing me away with it. So. You know, the, there was nothing to sort of pull me in. And people keep asking on my fanboy, why are you, why are you guys talking about this? Yeah. And I it's just, I don't care. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. I, and, and unfortunately, I think that when Har- the last Harbinger issue came out, I wasn't on the show. Or it's just been scheduling-wise, but I am reading them.
0: Um, I'm actually really excited for Fred Van Lente and Archer and Armstrong. I think that one's going to be Th- a lot of that, fun. That's the only one that I that was kind of like, yeah. I'm curious what that is. I you, read— you like, you like archers. What's, what's the—any yeah? Not, that's any character thing? that's an archer, I'm fine with. That's your thing. Uh, I'm getting a brave tattoo on my chest. Um, no. What, what's the book that Josh Dysart's doing? Oh, that's harbinger, i think right yeah I, I I read that first one, yeah, it was all right, yeah, I like that one there you go eh, fair right.
1: ninja wizard twenty three reviewed star trek the next generation Doctor Who Assimilation two
2: Assimilation. three jeez I uh,
1: give a story four out of five and the art of four out of five and zero point nine percent of you made your pick of the week and ninja wizard twenty three says with the first two issues of this crossover serving mostly as exposition, issue three promised to dive headfirst into the epic teaming up of the 11th Doctor with the crew of the Enterprise-D. And that sort of happened. The issue picks up right where it left off, with the Doctor, Picard, and the rest of the gang smack dab in the middle of a Borg Cyberman fleet. Following a brief Resistance's futile ass greeting from a cyborg, Cyberborg, Borgman, the Enterprise heads into a handy nebula to regroup and figure things out. But instead of focusing on the next generation crew's collaboration with the Doctor and his companions, we instead flash back about 100 years. While well, it could be mildly annoying that the first three issues haven't featured much of the actual selling point of this comic Picard, the Doctor, Date, Data. I have to assume okay. that means Data, <laughs> Amy Pond, Amy Pond, Amy Pond. It's
0: Bond. not me this week.
1: <laughs> I, and my user review is difficult. The writers give us a pretty accessible substitute. Captain Kirk meets Tom Baker. Tom Baker offers Spock jelly babies. It's all pretty cool. I don't know what any of that means either.
0: Yeah, I was, I was going to say we're in a point where I understand half of it. And you understand half of it. Well, you know who fucking Kirk and Spock are. I d- they're the ones. Oh, the shut ones, up. Yeah, I know. Um, it, uh, two things I, I, that come out of this. One, IDW has a titling problem. Yes. With their G.I. Joe Cobra 2 Volume 1 Number 3. And then, whatever this thing was that he couldn't even read. Uh, I read one word wrong. The other one was spelled wrong. No, no, no. Just, I'm just saying it's like a long, stupid title. Assimilation. Uh, no spaceman. in the middle. And, and three, they have a lot of promises of crossovers that don't ever fucking happen. Well, it sounds like they're actually in the story together. They just don't interact much.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like
1: the- Infestation, which res- r- promised the greatest story of all time. And never even came close to delivering. Well, funds. this is
2: what happens with with uh, with these licensed right. properties: is that they can only do they, they've got to get approval, and they can only do they you can't have as much interaction as
0: you would they hope. Must touch. Yeah. Don't let them. But no, it, it, when you say Doctor Who and and Star Trek, I want to see the Doctor on the fucking bridge. Yep. Working with that, and that should have happened. Mean, wait, that do you mean McCoy or Crusher? Yeah. But no. <laughs> not a, no, not at all.
1: Who was the other weird doctor of Next Generation that was there for one season?
0: Uh, Pulaski.
1: Pulaski. Yep. Like the Skyway.
2: Yep. Yeah. Now <laughs> I. You're talking about. She was kind. She was slightly mannish.
1: She she was there because yeah. Crusher dropped out for one season and then she came back. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, Gates Mcfadden. Gates Mcfadden. Beverly Crusher. Uh, We're gonna name her Gates. All right. <laughs> well, what, are we what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So those are the user reviews. If you want to go to fanboy.com slash comics, you can remake your pull You can rate and review your books. And if you write a good review, you read it on the show. Make sure you do it by Thursday. Because when you, you people write reviews on Saturday and Sunday, you're out of luck. Sorry.
0: <laughs> it's, it's just the luck. way it
1: is. It's life. So, But if you're not reviewing a book and you're a creator or publisher and you're looking for a way to get your book in front of as many people as possible, as easily as possible, Graphically is the best solution to do that. You can upload your book, your comic, your children's book, your sketchbook, your photography book, just about anything that's got graphics in it. Just a few simple steps, you're on your way to getting into Amazon's Kindle store, Barnes & Noble's Nook store, Kobo, and of course the Apple iBook store. There's no need to have readers find a specific app just made for reading comics. Send your book to where the readers are, the digital bookstores. That's where people are looking for books. 29% With 29% of all adults have tablets. They have e-reader devices, and sales are up 300% from last year. It's a lot of potential customers. You can find all of our pricing and services at our website. Head over to graphically.com for more details. Excellent.
2: Book of the month time. Book of the month. So... Um Book of the Month, I, I had a bunch of different options of uh, books I was kind of weighing and, and, and considering for the July Book of the Month. But once I finished uh, Get Giro by Anthony Bourdain and Joel Rose with art by
0: Langdon Foss, um, it was kind of – it was a done deal. Can, um, I, can, I, can I interject before you get into your thing? I want to say this real quick. I have heard from some people that there was rumblings out there that, that you picked a book that was not by a real comics person – and that, and that uh, you know, it's just a, a – I want – sta-
2: well, the, sta- the standard, ooh, celebrities coming into
0: comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, this yeah. Is, and this is not, uh, this is not uh, one of those people because I, I just want people to know that I heard that there was a comic book about cooking written by Anthony Bourdain, who is a real writer in his own right, not just Absolutely. a guy. Yep. Uh, writes for Treme, writes books, writes fiction, writes nonfiction. fiction
1: writes TV show. He writes his nonfiction TV show. He writes all the
0: uh, voiceovers. And, all and, voice. and, uh, and uh, this is directly up Ron's alley. So everything that he says from here on is utterly sincere, but maybe specific to this one man. Yep. And, but, and, but not before that. Before that, everything was insincere. Yep. Sincere starts I've, now. <laughs>
2: I I'm backing up my my bro. Well, what's funny also and 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 like and I don't the thing is you don't want this kind of conversation to, to take away from the work. And I tried to reflect that in my written review over at ifanboy.com cuz cuz Anthony Bourdain is you know kind of a big deal in the world of food now, you know, these past 10 years. He, you know, he kind of shocked the world with his book Kitchen Confidential, which kind of he was the one that that taught you never to order fish in New York City on a Monday um because it was all it was not fresh at all um, um and other kind of things like that and then through his tv show uh, on uh, no reservations he's become a very notable kind of personality television personality and so you know i a lot of people when this got announced and this got announced what like 2 years ago a year ago? Yeah, yeah 2 least, years ago least, yeah. and everyone's like oh another you know everyone's going to comics and doing you know trying to make money on comics now I knew this for a fact because I watched No Reservations and I saw the episode where we went to Cleveland and hung out with Harvey Picar. Like I knew that Anthony Bourdain had good taste. But you guys were in the room with me when we interviewed the, uh, Anthony Bourdain and Joel, uh, Joel Ross at um, San Diego. I didn't even start asking questions about comics, and Bourdain starts dropping Eisner, Kurtzman, Davis, you know, Kirby. like Kirby, like, and a rev- the, rev- the same reverence that we speak in of, of it you know and if you if you listen to the don't miss podcast that i did with the co-writer Joel Rose he tells a story that 20 years ago anthony bourdain submitted a drawn written and drawn comic that he did himself to joel rose to, for an anthology yeah. like Dude likes comics. Dude, dude, like he, there's no question of legitimacy as far as I'm concerned for Bourdain. And honestly, in reading Gejiro, it shows. He, both, he, both him and Joel Rose, and Joel Rose um, is an established editor and, and writer in his own right. He worked at DC for years. They get how to tell a story. Um, And it's apparent in this. Um, uh, And then when they brought their story idea to Vertigo, they teamed them up with Langdon Foss, who is very, very good in that Seth Fisher kind of style. And if this if and I imagine if Seth Fisher hadn't passed away, or if this was 10 years ago, Seth Fisher could have easily drawn this book.
0: He well. He would have been good for it because he lived in Japan. Right, exactly. So but what's the
2: story. So the story is, um, it's a near future story. So it's uh, takes place not in our time, but in a time where you know there's still car. Cars look the same way. Like there's not, you know, they're still Bluetooth headsets, things like they're that. Not flying cars. Yeah, so. no flying cars. Yeah, it's still no. Fuck. But, what is that going to happen? But um, but it's a world. We bad news. It, it's a world uh, that takes place in it. Ta- the story takes place in Los Angeles, and basically all of the. Power structures that we're comfortable that we're aware of in our um, society now have fallen down, have fallen apart. So, celebrity is gone, sports is gone, whatever. Really, the only power or celebrity is around food, and that's the environment that that we live in. And um, there are kind of two kind of warring factions, two kind of sides. There's the Wolfgang Puck corporate, including meat in their dishes esque. Chef and corporation that that have big restaurants and, and everyone knows about them. And then there's the sustainability, go vegan, hippies side. Alright, so those are the two kind of sides that are always at, at odds. And you get the sense that there's a strong power struggle for um for all the, you know the food resources, you know, whether it's fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fresh meat or you know, or we're not um, as well as talent, you know, in terms of having um basically these groups of chefs are also gangs, which is kind of funny and too. Um and caught in the middle of this is a sushi chef named Jiro, who is on the outskirts of Los Angeles, just very quietly making sushi in his own little spot, and the kind of you know, the quiet the quiet guy who's focused on he just does one thing and does it well that sort of thing, and um and both this both warring factions catch wind of Jiro G- and they both want him on their side and what happens is is that this whole book basically is tells the story of how they're both kind of after Jiro and how he you know weighs each side and plays them both from the middle and then ultimately has his um beats them beats them all beats them both um and you know you, you take it with a grain of salt there's a lot of Bourdain in it. Um, Bourdain-ism. Mm. Um, you know, the opening scene alone, we get introduced to Jiro and a bunch of bros come in to get sushi and they're, you know, they've got soul patches and Bluetooth headsets and they're raving about the California roll. And then they, they grab the sushi, uh, they grab a salmon roll and they dip it in a wasabi laden soy sauce bath. And then eat it and then uh finally Jiro just has too much and chops one of his heads off and yells, No California roll. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, and, and if you you know Bourdain doesn't really think very highly of the of the vegan vegetarian side of things. So he's he hates of, that. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> um he does. I saw him speak in, back in October in Oakland and he said he's like, No, I respect them, I respect their wishes. It's just I you know, they're wrong.
0: <laughs> the, the, I think he's like the ruin of all cuisine.
2: Yeah, yeah. But um, um and so you know it's clever, it's clever it's funny at times violent at times and i mean it it basically it's it's like 160 pages or whatever and it passed my one sitting test you know which is that you right. know like i didn't i never got bored of it and then next thing i know it was over and i would love to see more stories from this world you know like this idea you know like what what's going on in new york like it was that kind of like kind of had the same feeling after i read ender's game where i'm like oh this is a whole world that i just want to get absorbed in so um really good really, i mean solid graphic novel great product and they, they they pulled it off they did it there's no um pretense to it there's no um they didn't cut corners there's no storytelling problems like in everything it was as solid as any graphic novel i've read and 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 good at that. So. Did it make you hungry? Oddly
0: not, no. you really? not really oh, a sushi guy.
2: No, Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, although I'm, um, I've, I've
0: sampled a little. But it's not, But it, there's a lot of food. There's more violence. You had, than, a, you had a California roll. Yeah.
2: No, I've never, I actually never had a California roll. I don't like uh, um, avocado. What? How do you live in California if you don't like I know, like I can't get a fucking BLT that's, for the life that's of me. Why,
0: that's why I had to move. Yeah. I do not really like avocado, yeah. and I was like, I, it's, I can't get anything. Yeah. It's, it's delicious. Nothing. Anyway, It's so no, very it's good for mush. you also, it's but yes. it's mushy.
2: Anyway, but um, so Get Giro from Vertigo. its four ninety nine. the hardcover um, edition of it. Beautiful, um, 160 pages. Go to iFambo.com, read my review there. Um, and yeah, it's good. I'm going to get uh, Japanese for dinner tonight. No, actually, I'm going to get tacos. So. That's
1: a better move. <laughs> yeah. Tacos are delicious. All right, let's do a couple of emails. Uh, first email from Eric from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. He's probably very sexy. Mm-hmm. I imagine. It has to be. Eric says, recently I lost my mind and decided to go to Morrison Con. Thank you, Eric. Awesome. Even though I live in Brazil and have no money and shouldn't be doing this kind of eccentricity. Before the con, I'll also spend a week in New York and San Francisco each, and I'm writing to ask for suggestions on what to do, see while there, especially reading regarding clubs, bars, local bands, things like that, especially since I've really come to respect you guys' taste for music, especially Ron's. Please take into account that cheap equals good and expensive equals bad. Also, what comic store should I visit? Thank you for suggesting. suggestion. Number one, I thought, interestingly enough, we get a lot of travel. We really advisor, do. You know, <laughs> where people ask us what to do on vacations. Number two, I thought since Ron, this guy's coming to Ron's show, Ron could then take the time to give him some. He some, some, Yes. Yeah, you I
0: Yes. I do. Well, it. thank you, he's, Eric. And he's f- going to talk to you sexy. You should have read that in an accent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, my voice hurts. Um, I don't know. I, yeah.
2: Thank you, Eric, for coming to MorrisonCon. For those who don't know, uh, me and uh, James Simon and Kirsten Baldock from uh, Isotope are helping, are working with Grant Morrison to throw a small, intimate convention. You can go to Morrison, MorrisonCon.com for information. It's at the end of September in Vegas. It's going to be a blast. And actually get – if you're thinking of going get tickets now because prices are going up soon. So go to MorrisonCon.com to get all the info. Um, and So thank you for coming. And so, yes, I would gladly give you – you know, and you guys can chime in at, on the New York side of things when I get to there. But if you're coming to San Francisco, absolutely go to Isotope. Um, Go to Ice Comics and tell James that you're going to Morrison Con and he'll, t- he'll treat you well. That's really the only comics destination you need to go to in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, as far as clubs, bars, and local bands, I don't know much about local bands. Um, but as far as clubs go, the Independent is one of my favorite venues to see live music at. It's cheap. It's good. It's a small venue. It's really good. Um, also, you might want to check out the park side, which is fun. It's a little more on the punkier kind of dive side of things.
0: Are you talking about San Francisco now? San Francisco, yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: and then um, where where are the topless dance parties? Uh, yeah, they, I know. They're there. Yeah, jeez, yeah, but um, San fucking Francisco or whatever the guy said. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's San Francisco um, bars. You know, the top, I mean, I'm, I go for the dive bar type, so Lucky Thirteen or um. um uh, Molotovs one of my favorite ones, and yeah, there's all ba- basically there's tons of great places to go to in San Francisco. You want to check out the Mission? Um, that's probably the, that's probably the most happening kind of great. There's a great bar called uh, Casanova that was just there the other night. That was a lot of fun. So now, as far as New York goes, uh, comic stores. I mean, our standard is kind of Midtown Comics, Jim Hanley's Universe, Bergen Street Comics in Brooklyn. Yeah, Forbidden Planet yeah. Da- down on in Union Square. That's a great shop. Uh, they're moving to a bigger space they, now. Yeah.
1: yeah, down the block.
2: Yeah. So, um, great comic stores in New York, um, uh, venue, uh, music wise, um, that's a it's a little tougher than, than, uh, than San Francisco because there's, you know, things tend to sell out a bit more and more in advance. So they tend to be more expensive. Um, but, uh, Irving Plaza is a good venue. Terminal five is a good venue. Um, I'm trying to think where else music is going on. I'm kind of tragically getting out of touch with New York as far as this, the scene, um, but it, uh, also, it also depends who's playing, though, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, it it depends not, like... on who you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you go to if you're in, if you're in New York, go to the, go to basically go to the Village. There's the Mercury. Yeah. The Mercury. Yeah. The Mercury Cafe has good um uh has good bands playing there, and that's right on Houston, um, right at the bottom of the Greenwich Village. And there's a ton of bars and and restaurants all around there. So.
0: Uh, um, we're, we're, we're alienating our yeah. user base.
1: If you're, if you're in San Diego and you go to Hennessy's, a band will just keep coming for yes. two hours. <laughs> yeah. And they'll never yeah. actually set it up or play. They'll yeah. just keep bringing it in. Which is better. <laughs> so,
2: anyway, Eric, <laughs> if you need any more information, just email me, and I'll be happy to give you uh, direct directions and direct locations and things like that.
0: Okay, sorry. Went on for too long. Josh.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Alex, uh, a.k.a. Max Power, that's what his parents call him, is from Woodland, California, and says every time I crack open my Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus or a DC or a Superman DC Archives book, I feel like a bad comic book fan. I know these are fantastic stories right in front of me, and yet sometimes the pinnacles of superhero storytelling can be a slog to get through all that exposition in every panel. Often I find it easiest to just ignore the caption boxes and just read the dialogue bubbles. I can appreciate that the audience for most classic comics was certainly younger and of a different time, but that doesn't necessarily make it less work to get through. Am I just a spoiled product of modern comics world, or is it okay to feel this way? Uh, how do you guys read classic stories without feeling like it takes an hour per issue? I expect nothing less than two sleepless nights of thinking about this. We've th- we thought. Uh thanks. <laughs>
1: Josh agrees with you, for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, yeah, yeah to a certain extent. I mean I'm I'm we're going to say 3 to 4 issues into my amazing Spider-Man omnibus that I've had for 4 to 5 years. Um and I think that I need to do exactly what you're talking about is just concentrate on that Steve Ditko storytelling uh, and just appreciate it on that, on that level to a certain extent because many of the words while fun are a bit superfluous Ron, wasn't there uh, but- a time a few years ago when Josh
1: said he wouldn't read any comic or watch any movie older than like 10 years? Yes, he did. I I I, did, yeah. his, that is I never said that.
0: Yes, yes you, you did. did.
2: You totally did because we
1: jumped okay.
0: all over you. <laughs> that's, that's fine. You find that for me. Um, it was a conversation. It wasn't like it was an email. Yeah. It, no, I'm. I'm sure. I may have. I may have expressed a preference, but I'm sure that it wasn't a a line in the sand. It was. I won't do it. It was. Ron. It was. It
2: was. Um, right. Speak. Talk about slog. I'm reading. Um. I'm almost done. For, uh, I started right when I moved, but uh, reading the Captain Britain omnibus, uh, Alan Moore, Alan Davis one. That's a slog to get through, man. Talk about and that's formats. Alan Moore. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's not even so long ago. That was late seventies, early eighties, and that was still a little rough. I mean, the thing is, you got to you got to put I, what I do is I put my mindset into the head of the year that it was. I try to understand, okay, this is how comic storytelling was at that at that time. And <laughs> he gets I, concerned
0: uh, about gas shortages. I do. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh, <laughs> I do know with movies too. I mean, you, you watch an old the movie. price of cocaine.
1: Yeah. You watch an old movie; they're completely different in the way they're shot, the way that they talk, and just you have to sort of appreciate
0: for that time period.
1: If you can't do that, then then you shouldn't read old stories think, or watch old movies.
0: I think that one of the the keys to me, because you know I've I've evolved and changed over this, and I really I really do appreciate the the history of stuff, um, is to really look and see what there's a reason that a lot of this stuff is revered. You know, there's a reason that, that, you know, people talk about Steve Dicko the way they do, and to try to see that and try to see sort of the, the roots of what people consider the standard now. And if you can find that stuff, uh, then, then you'll find a way to appreciate it. The economy um, of storytelling, the imagination, yeah. the characters. I mean, the imagination is huge because yeah. uh, if you think about it now, the industry is a lot, a largely living off of those ideas. Yeah. And this is where those ideas are born, and and that's pretty amazing. When you when you look at the stuff and you'll think, God, this none of this existed before that. Yeah. I'm flipping through my uh, Jack Kirby Captain America Omnibus right now, and uh, I haven't read it all the way through, but I flip through it and look at it constantly. Yeah, the thing is, and he, and he's right, uh, Alex, in that they were written for children
1: in the '40s or '50s or whatever era you're reading. So they're going to be written differently. And I love that stuff. I was I looking love, through yeah. my old Batman Chronicles in the '40s the other day, and. You know, every other issue ends with Batman lecturing the audience about not being a criminal, and I just—I I think it's great. You will not—you will, not, like will
2: not have more fun than reading the, the Stan and Jack Fantastic Four run when yeah. it's just like when it, there's like intense superhero action and then just batshit crazy stuff happening, like it, you know, you, like Reed Richard shaving in the middle of the Galactus saga or Namor as a movie producer. Like yeah. it was just like, like
0: what? <laughs> you know what's what's really interesting about a lot of that stuff too is. Is just to see what was accepted and what was normal then, like yeah, as a, yeah. as a sort of time capsule in history. Yeah. Uh, there's also something really fascinating the, the, about the a lot
2: of the inherent racism,
0: <laughs> like like really really being verbally abusive towards your wife. <laughs> 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 anyway so
2: um good question though but yeah you just gotta you just gotta take some take some patience with it and, and don't rush through just enjoy soak it in you know, or if nice you things. don't like it then just you
1: know,
0: it's just you, you just know read just it. It. not everything's for everybody yeah. these kirby pages are gorgeous they are yeah so, everybody every, everybody is very dramatic with their reaction looks yeah. <gasps> dynamism so Everything yeah.
1: was
2: very very exciting if you've got any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, we're going to skip the voicemails this week because we uh, talked about the book of the month. But call in at 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. Uh,
0: Dome's podcast is usually on Mondays. We're, uh, we're still behind on that. Uh, we're not going to lie to you. I'm not going to bullshit you. Yeah. Uh, it'll be back next week. So. Uh, and then there's the Make Comics podcast. Same deal. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what we're not behind on is the three of us got together. The reason why we're so
1: punchy is because we all went to the midnight showing of The Dark Knight Rises last night. We're operating on, I'm like I'm three or four hours of sleep. Uh, so we got together to talk about it. So if you saw The Dark Knight Rises or just want to hear us talk about it, there, there's a lot to talk about. Then uh, go to this, the feed you're listening to now. Check the show behind this one or go to FM.com or go wherever you get a podcast. And it will be there Magically. Magically.
2: Pier. Delicious.
1: Yeah. And meanwhile, go to iFanboy.com, you can read My Pick a week review. You can read Ron's Book of the Month review. You can go and see the return of the video show. While we were at iFanboy, we shot lots of videos. We're putting an interview out a day. Instead of doing big compilation shows, we're putting separate interviews out or sometimes one or two depending on how long they were. We try to do longer, more in-depth interviews this year. So we did them all separate. We're putting new ones out every day. So check the video feed. Go to iFanboy.com. You can stream them. They're on YouTube.com ifanboy uh, all those places you can go to find the uh, San Diego videos. We've put out a couple. Um, Anthony Bourdain, Ron talked to. We talked to uh, uh, who we put out already.
2: Uh, we did our first our first talk with Robert Kirkman, a short one that was that was a lot of fun. Um, we're going to have a longer one uh, coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Anthony Bourdain and Joel Rose um, Sam and Humphrey. Sam Humphrey so far. Right. Yeah, and then
0: Sam, if, uh, if if you want to break into writing comics, you need to listen to that. Yep, absolutely,
1: or and, watch it. I'm really excited to watch because I wasn't there for the interview on uh, Monday. You'll get a super long chat with with Greg Rucka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're yeah. trying to do more in depth and more often for Comic Con this year. In so this case, uh,
0: you are viewers. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can email us at uh, <laughs> contact@fanboy.com. You can leave a voicemail at eighty eight fanboys which is three two six two six nine seven. With any questions, comments, concerns, or your discussion topics, hotel advice, TV VCR repair, <laughs> veterinary practice, nope. Nope, those are schools. I'm sorry. Wait, don't, don't don't travel agents get like a fee? Yeah, there are yeah, there are no 15, longer. Fifteen years agents. ago. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway. If somebody, uh, if somebody says to you, I am a travel agent, they sell drugs.
2: If you like what you're listening to, go to iTunes and write a review of this podcast as well as the Don't Miss podcast, the Make Comics podcast, and the video podcast. Now that it's back, uh, go in and write reviews or leave a comment on YouTube uh, for the videos. Help spread the word. Tweet out about the videos you like. Let people know. Send out the links. Um, Share that stuff. Post them on Facebook. You guys help us spread the word. and We really appreciate it. And thank you all. We survive San Diego for you. We're going to bring you more fruits of our labor in San Diego, and we hope you enjoy it, and it's just good to be home. You just uh, make it sound like such martyrs.
0: I know, isn't it? So,
2: All right, so uh, until next week, uh, I'm Ron.
0: I'm Connor. And I am Josh. Thank you very much.